you know, I mean, how often do we see in the ministry of Jesus where the what seemed to be logical choice was for him to push harder, go further, go faster, yet he retreated to be alone. You're like, that doesn't make sense. And so yeah. uh, anyway, trying to learn from him and how he did it. I think he's the best leader of all time. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. I'm excited to be here with you again this morning. I love these chances to kind of speak for just a moment before we get into these topics. While our team is away resting, we're still working, but we like to uh, make sure that we are recharged for the fall. And so in the summer months, we kind of scale back and, and different people take time off from different times. And in those seasons, I get to jump in and do this and I love doing it. And I love being part of this team. So how are you feeling right now? If you had to give yourself an honest assessment, would you say that you are operating at a deficit? Would you say that you have just enough energy right now to get the things done that matter most and nothing left on the plate for any additional? You're pretty tired. Or are you refueled? Do you feel refreshed? Those are important things to consider because before we know it, fall is going to be here. And if, say, we were to snap our fingers and, and fall in all of its fullness were to be here tomorrow, how would you be positioned? What posture would you have to be able to navigate the complexities and the new things that are going to happen this fall? I firmly believe the fall is going to be just like the spring. There's a lot of uncertainties that we face. There's a lot of um, unknowns and and things that are going to need to to, gap, to gather our attention. So how would you be positioned right now to face all that in the fall? Would you be at a place where you can operate proactively or reactively? So the reason I ask that is we have a great conversation today. Alan sat down with, his, with uh, John Peacock. He's the pastor of a church outside of Chicago, and they've been navigating these questions. And uh, they're preparing well, and John talks about what it means to be refueling for the fall and how to do things right now in the midst of all the crazy to position yourself to lead yourself well and lead others well in the fall. So sit down, slow down, really enjoy this one. Refill your cup of coffee. If you're driving, pay attention to the road. If you're at home working, wherever you are, really sit with this one because it's going to help you prepare well for the fall. So enjoy today's conversation with Alan Briggs and John Peacock. Hey friends, welcome to the Right Side of Leadership podcast with a special video edition. I'm here, a really good friend of mine, someone I deeply respect and love drinking good coffee mm. and eating good tacos with. Come on. My man, John Peacock. Dude, it's so good to have you here in Colorado. Great to be here. So give us a little bit of the context. Yep. Coming off of COVID, but you're doing a bit of a study, leave, mm -hmm. freshness, Hearing from the Lord. So we just had an opportunity to process yeah. over tacos and now continually over some coffee. Um, back up a little bit. Some of the things you shared with me, what are two of the two or three of the things God's been teaching you in this season as a human, as a dad, a leader, a pastor, any of it, all of it? Yeah, I, I think uh, I'll, first thing that comes to mind is I'm not a machine. Mm. Turns out I'm a human being. Turns out. Turns out. And... You know, so I lead a church outside of Chicago, uh, will be nine years old this fall, and it's been an incredible journey, and it's been amazing to see what God's done over the past nine years. And and so like anyone leading anything, this is a, a, a time in which we'll probably never forget. And I think the, um, I think I've just learned that, man, I need a break. And so... Uh, I need to also be really engaged and I got to make sure that I'm leading and I'm encouraging and I'm a voice of hope. And certainly, 
you know, when COVID hit mid-March, we immediately shut down on-campus ministry, pivoted to everything online, hit it really hard for three months to try to encourage and equip our people. And it was, was and is exciting to see what God's doing. And at the same time, uh, you know, every summer is really the time where I get away. So I do a teaching break, study break every July. How close were you to not taking that? Very close. Okay. And I, I think it's because, you know, I've got plenty of friends that lead businesses and their own organizations, and they're like feeling what I'm feeling, which is like, hopefully this PPP loan comes through. Hopefully yeah. uh, we're still a business in three months. And I'm saying, yeah, I understand that. And so you, you feel that you also feel the, you know, the unemployment rate skyrocketing, some of which aren't numbers, but names of people in our church. And so you feel what they're feeling. You just feel the amount of uncertainty. And so in times of uncertainty, that's when leaders lead. And, and so all of that kind of makes a cocktail of, I cannot leave. Right. You know, and, and I think, um, that isn't true. I actually think yeah. that, um, this pandemic is going to be here for a bit. And so it was a really hard decision, but yeah. now I have today's day 31 of yeah. being on break. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm about to enter back in fully rested and ready to go. And this fall is going to be as I think divided and challenging to navigate through than the spring was heading into election season yeah heading into some of our expectations of school yeah being crushed everybody talking about the new normal it's not it's going to be the new different Mm. takes more energy yeah um some of the things we thought might end will end um for people seasons jobs Mm. uh employment i mean just that's real so proud of you for taking that. I wonder how many leaders say like, this is actually the moment we need to rest the most. Yeah. And it grieves me how many leaders, even ones I know canceled vacations. Now I, I get it. If money yeah. changes, I get it. Um, your time changed. I, I get all the realities, but to be able to get away, yeah. rest, recharge, you don't have to take 31 days to realize, man, we, we got to be fresh. Mm-hmm. And and I'm grieved. We were talking about that over lunch. I'm grieved at the leaders that didn't feel like they could rest. And we're, we're going to rest. That's the reality. Yeah. Question is whether we take it and receive it mm. or whether it's forced upon us. Right. With sickness, burnout, overwhelm, uh, you name it, man. Yeah. So I'm not a machine. I'm a human being. So and, you know, I mean, how often do we see in the ministry of Jesus where the what seemed to be logical choice was for him to push harder, go further, go faster, yet he retreated to be alone. You're like, that doesn't make sense. And so yeah. uh, anyway, trying to learn from him and how he did it. I think he's the best leader of all time. And a strategic leader. Like we, yeah. we think Jesus was just a good spiritual leader. Mm. Strategically, think yes. about it. And you only had three years. Yeah. Some could qualify that as a sprint, right? Yes. That's a quick college education. Yeah. Why is he resting? He was only in it for three years. You only got so much time, man. Go. Um, and you're triple what Jesus's ministry was at, mm-hmm. that you've been at it. Yep. Mission. That feels significant. Nine years. What, yeah. what are you feeling about approaching that 10 year mark? Yeah. So I'm feeling deeply grateful for, I've had a lot of time to reflect. I actually have been, uh, the first couple of weeks of my break, I wrote down what, what are the 10 things I've learned in the past 10 years, leadership wise mm-hmm. learnings. And I've read through those every day. Can you share a couple of those here? Yeah. Drop some sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, all right. I actually have a, a list over my bag, but I'll just go kind of top of mind. Oh, yeah. 
loving well and leading well are not mutually exclusive. They're one and the same. Wow. And so looking back over the past 10 years, I, I left the church I was at. Um, so it's been, it really, for me is 10 years. Yeah. Um, but man, I, I've learned and continue to learn that leading well and loving well, they're, they're, they're one and the same. Uh, another one is trust is my gift back to God. Mm. And uh, Brennan Manning is one of the, my favorite authors. He wrote a book, Ruthless Trust, probably the book I've read the most in the past 10 years. Mm. And I just give it away all the time. And so how many times like this moment, we, we aren't quite sure of everything that's going to, how things are going to play out. And so I just don't want to be a leader that caves to fear. And uh, so trust is my gift back to God. That's been a, that's been a significant one. So good. Um, another one that comes to mind, I mean, tell me when to stop. I got 10, but the third <laughs> one is sweating is spiritual. Ooh. And you know what I know at age 40, I didn't know at age 30. And I didn't realize at age 30, how um, the hardest person to lead and the most important person to lead is me. Yep. And sweating has become spiritual for me. And, you know, I don't have a backdrop like you have outside your office where you can scramble. Uh, but, hey, I, I got to make the most of it. I do. We have forest preserves. There's yep. paths I can run. And so I run. I work yep. out. And I think I'm, I am where I am and I am who I am right now because the past three years, I've prioritized my physical. Yep. Um, I've tried to train myself like a yep. professional athlete. Yeah. And so I got to – I need to decompress legally. And yeah. um, I just think so many and morally, yeah, <laughs> if it's moral, yeah, right, ethical, legal, because right. a lot of things are legal that are moral right it's, now, and it's going to come out, right? That's like right. stress is going to come out, and we're wired up very yeah. similar. And it, it's crazy to me how many times it's delayed gratification. If I exercise now, I'm going to be way more patient with yes. my kids later. I'm going to be way more present with my wife later. Mm. And so, for good or for ill, we have monkey brain That's that right. we have to not just deal with, but how do we channel it? I bet you get some of your best thoughts out there too. Right? Oh, uh, the, the most, yeah, without question. Without sweating question. is spiritual. Talk about the difference between sweating and hustle. Yeah. Uh, I think it's probably intention mm. without thinking about it a ton. So when I am, I am sweating, I'm pushing myself physically. Um, it almost, it feels like a form of worship for me. Um, instead of medicating, with something that is going to help me, I'm pushing myself physically. I've got worship music on, whether I'm doing TRX or I'm running. Um, my intention is I'm not retreating, but I'm reloading. And so, you know, like I get in the most trouble in my life historically when I retreat. Yep. And we might call it rest, but it's not. It's it's escape, right? Yeah. Running from instead of to. And so I want to reload to go yeah. back into the fight. And so I think it's probably intention. It's mm, good. It's good. I mean, we could do a whole podcast. We probably should on those 10 things. And I would encourage you to write those down, man. Those will travel. Um, a lot of people talking about ideas out there. Very few talking about experience of here's what I learned along the journey. Yeah. Um, and we also tend to look at sages, right? We tend to look at people 55 and above for that. Mm. But that feels significant when you hit that kind of 10 year mark, uh, 40. How does that feel too? Yeah. Talk to me about that. It feels good. It really does. I mean, it obviously looks good. I mean, I mean, 
Come Obviously. on. Come on. Um, did that feel significant in that milestone? Yeah, it did. I, I, um, I feel like I have to use less disclaimers. <laughs> I, I feel like I have to apologize less. I, I hope I'm even more kind at 40 than I was at 30, but I do feel more, um, I got more scars at 40 than I did at 30. Um, I, yeah. So that feels good. You know, it feels good that I, I do feel like I have more to, to offer those that I lead than I did at 30. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not that I didn't have anything to offer at 30, mm-hmm. but, um, at the same time, I'm in better shape at age 40 than I was at 30. Yeah. And so that was some of my, I started writing kind of my tenure, like what, what am I committing and praying that will be true at 50, Yeah. you know? And so I just kind of want to keep going there, but, um, yeah, 40 has felt really, and, and without question, I turned 40 almost exactly a year ago. This has been the hardest year of ministry I've ever had. Mm by a long shot. The easiest part of this past ministry year was the preaching. And that's usually the hardest part. Mm. And so there've been some really, really painful things that have happened. And then there's been some totally unexpected things uh, like COVID-19 that have happened. And, um, and yet, you know, we're still here. Mm. Um you pivoted personally and as a church a yeah. lot, um, adapted, saw new opportunities, uh, 115 episodes of a podcast in three months. Tell me about that. Where did the idea come from? Yeah. How did that feel? What did God do in you and around you through that? Yeah. You know, people remember who showed up in times of crisis. You know, it's like when you think of when you went to the hospital, yeah. Or when a loved one was at the hospital. The moment's frozen in time. Yep. You remember who came. Yeah. And so when this, when everything started to happen in mid-March, I was wrestling and just like, oh, Lord, please speak to me. I don't know what showing up as a leader looks like right now. Yeah. I can't be with physically with everyone in our church. Yeah. That's not reality. So there's technology. What does this look like? And I just, I wrestled for a number of days. and just kind of thought of what if I started a, a show on Facebook called live on the eights. And so I sent out a little poll to a bunch of people and asked what they thought of it and got overwhelming response. It was a very disorienting moment mid March. And so I felt like God kind of gave me a nudge. I thought it would be for three weeks. Hmm. I like every other senior pastor thought we'd be back for Easter. Yep. Um, Turned out to be um, uh, not three weeks. So, yeah, so it was a it, uh, Facebook Live show, 8 a.m. and 8 p.m., Monday through Friday. and so 10 episodes a week yeah. from not podcasting or doing that show to might as well do twice yeah. a day. Yeah, and really the hope was, you know, I wanted to show up for our people. I love our people. Um, they're amazing. But I wanted to, when they looked back on that first few months. I wanted them to remember that their church showed up for them. And then I also wanted to um, see if we could kind of create a rule of life in that time of a way to bookend the day mm-hmm. and be intentional 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. on the thoughts we're thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and that 
I think happened in a lot of ways. And so um, I hit pause to, to get a breather. I'll restart the show. I have adapted it to it's no longer twice a day. It's once a day, which is a little more sustainable. Yeah. But the, and I think the other really neat thing is there's a number of friends of mine that live in other cities that I wanted our people to hear from. And, and thanks to technology, they could. Yep. You're one of them. Um, but I got to introduce uh, my church to a bunch of my friends. and. Um, it was certainly memorable. It's a great connect. You know, there's podcasts are very, you know, national and, and international. And you're saying hi to people as they come on. Yeah. It, and it yeah. was it, it was a mix between the relational, the local, and the translocal, where I felt like you kind of transported me into uh, your church. So it wasn't yeah. necessarily uh, a podcast. It was like a gathering of your people. It felt more personal than that. Yeah. Um, so obviously, we love yeah. our listeners. We love you know, right side uppers, um, listening along to this, through this podcast, but some of you guys will never hear from, please drop us a note. Like you write us a review, like let us know yes. something that's impacted you, but that was different because you're seeing comments right yeah. there. And that was, that was a pretty cool yeah. experience. And you know, people love to hear their name. And I think especially in a cultural moment like this, um, there's just nothing like hearing your name, you yep. know? And I think that's why I did it the way I did it. It was a little harder mm -hmm. to do it live. I had to investigate yeah. the technology on that. Um, but that's why I hosted it live. Yeah. And so I could say hi to people, mm -hmm. uh, first name, and talk to them. Yeah. And I know that was meaningful for them. That's good. I see you. You're yep. there. That's good. Yep. That's good. When we're feeling like it's all falling apart, yeah. there's somebody that sees me. Um, one or two things you learned from from that season. I mean, 115 episodes, incredible guests, incredible conversations. One or two takeaways five years from now that you will remember about that. Yeah, I think, I think in leading or creating, we have, we can move into this place where we, we can believe that if we, if we do more, like the, the water's going to run out. And just something I've learned is um, during that time is how like, creating causes more creation yeah that's right uh yeah. really interesting obviously yeah. I, I i speak all the time or you know I have, part of my job mm -hmm. is to do that yeah but i had never i mean the amount of content i was creating because i was also preaching on the weekends and in hindsight i learned a really important lesson which is we serve uh, the God that has unlimited resources we are yeah. limited and we embrace our limitations yeah. But I, I certainly learned that God is unlimited. Yeah. And there's certain yeah. seasons where we're gonna, He's asking us to say yes, mm. and we feel out over our skis, and that's okay. But the God that is unlimited showed up big. And so, yeah, one of the things I'm, and so even on my break, this is day, what, 31, I've written every single day. Mm. And um, not on my computer, but in a yes. on paper, you know. Yeah. And so, I just learned a lot about creating and how it actually causes me to create more. And yeah. so I think, I think Stephen Pressfield talks about that. I think it's maybe the war of art yeah. is the book if I'm remembering yeah. and I experienced that firsthand. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Abundance versus scarcity. Yeah. Cause I'm sure you in the back of your mind and other people, so there's no way you can sustain that. Yeah. And you're probably yeah. doubting that. Yeah. And what I found is that when we were talking about your time, dedicate would be sort of the formal word. Consecrate would be a deeply spiritual word. Then 
God shows up and God shows up in the prep. God shows up in the questions. God shows up in that person being available to show on. We weren't even planning on recording right now, but we're like, conversation's so good. Uh, So you guys are catching it later. Sorry. You missed the best part. (laughs) You can't taste the tacos from from this. So jokes on all you guys. Uh, But that for me is I want to let people into relationship and conversations I have. I want to meet some new friends on the air. That's great. But it's a different air about something where there's already friendship versus, Uh um, you know, let me start something new. We're kind of drawing from the well uh, in that. Uh, Man, so many different directions we could go. Um, We're talking about clarity Mm -hmm. earlier. That's a word for me. That's the word of the year for me. I'm trying to be as clear as possible in my leadership. If I don't know, I'm trying to say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And that's free. And we've talked about the relationship between overwhelm and clarity. Yeah. When clarity goes up, overwhelm goes down, period. Mm-hmm. It's a hard reality. At least if you can name it, you can write it down. You can confess it. You can release it. You can talk to someone about it. You can sit with a therapist or a counselor. You can pray about it. But when you don't even know what you're overwhelmed about, how do you even make steps there? Um, so you said it two or three times over lunch is clarity. You're working on clarity. Tell me more about that. Where did that come from? And what are you seeing as a result of clarity? Yeah. I think the temptation is to believe that we can't be clear because so much is changing. Mm. And yeah, I think there's different stages of, and I'm certainly not, uh, I'm not close to being an expert in, um, crisis leadership. This is my first crisis probably I've really led through yeah anyone um, under 45 this yeah. is really the first time yeah. we've been at the home i mean 2008 i was on a church staff and right. had an important role yeah. but our senior pastor right. totally. yeah, yeah. Was, so yeah. we didn't feel the weight of yeah of no that. i definitely didn't feel the weight of, of 2008 so yeah i think i'm learning a lot about crisis leadership mm-hmm. and, I, and i think there's i haven't named the phases of it but there are phases of it i'd like to think more deeply on it uh, certainly, you know, if it's, you know, like if there's quarters to it, like quarter one, uh, I, I think it is very day to day. Um, but then at some point it moves to a different phase of the crisis leadership where, um, the day to day, um, kind of like, you know, for example, last night I was telling my daughters, Hey, here's what we're doing today. Yeah. And that can be helpful. Yeah. And then there comes a time where that isn't helpful anymore. Uh, especially to lead an organization, we need to get out beyond the day to day. And so that feels like art, not science. Yeah. I wish I had more specifics I could share, but yeah. it's more of a gut thing that I felt like, okay, hey, we're no longer in that phase of crisis leadership where we can be day to day or even week to week. You know, week to week might be phase two or something. Like we now need to be like a quarter. Like here, here's the next three months based on what we know right now, here's the next three months, here's what you can yeah. expect. And we're going to be really clear according to our values, I think yeah. is a big thing. And um, our values are pandemic proof. Mm-hmm. If, if they're not there, you need different values, you right. know? And so, you know, for us, our values are pandemic proof. And so coming back to what are our values as a church and that's really helped us build the kind of clarity that I think our people need. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so now we're like a quarter at a time. Starting out in mid-March, we were, we were I think, day to day. And then we kind of moved week to week. And then we're kind of like quarter to quarter, I think, right now. Um, yep. Is what I'm learning, like everyone else in the midst of leading yeah. through crisis. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing 
I resonate with that. And I'm hearing people making longer term calls. What's interesting is that even when the call is something that people disagree with, there's even a bit of a letdown of we're, we're going to start later. For example, for churches, we are physically going to gather later than you had imagined. There's still this a yes, breath. That's right. Because now we can plan, right? right? Clarity, overwhelm, inverse relationship. Yes. And it doesn't say you have to agree with every decision. Of course not. And pastors are getting smoked yeah. with criticism. Go back too early. Yeah. Then it's like, well, of course, you want people to die yeah. of COVID. Uh, and then if you go back too late, of course, you have no faith, yep. right? Faith over fear. I mean, it's it's so hard. And it's just the nuanced nature of leadership right now. Mm. It is a hard time to lead. It's You're hard. not getting into this because there's a stage. This no. is the hardest time for leaders. If you're listening to this, we have a pulse. You care about people. There's criticism. Um, it's brutal. So for you to get away and mm-hmm. zoom out, yeah, it's key, man. Yeah. I know God's going to give you favor and, and clarity looking ahead on that. Yeah. What else, man? What else do you want to air out and talk about? <clears throat> um, or celebrate? Yeah, you know, I just think as a parent, as a husband, um, it's just so important, I think, to um, to not forget that, you know, they're, they're our first ministry. I mean, they really are. Uh, our family and uh, you know our kids are feeling this too yeah you know and um, I think it's just so important I've tried to be really intentional and during this break to to create moments with them for us to talk through um, how they're feeling um, and actually bond with them in that versus trying to just kind of pep talk them out of that, but to try to connect and build those bonds for what they're afraid of, for how they're feeling. Yeah. I think that's been really important. Um, and I guess back to the intentionally getting away, I call it Ascension leadership. Like you'll never build up the the team you've always dreamed to have unless you leave because you know, when you leave, that's when those you've hired that's right. actually step up and lead at a high level. Yeah. And then, it's always the, I mean, for me, like, you know, some of my favorite moments of leadership are when I come back after being gone for, you know, a month yeah. and seeing that things seem to actually be going better. Yeah. And so uh, we're on to yeah. something. And few, everyone says they want that. Few leaders can actually handle that because yeah. of the insecurity of leadership. Yeah. And to turn, I mean, it's not that different from Sabbath. Right. In that right. you say, it turns out God spends the world just fine on his finger without me. Yeah. Turns out actually things are better when I pulled away, but you really can't test that you believe in people and show people you truly believe in them. The test is in, will you leave them alone to lead? That's right. Versus us micromanaging. I love that Ascension leadership. I call it um, the the practical gift of sabbatical. The practical gift is like, you're actually going to have to teach without me. You're actually going to have to lead that meeting without me. You're going to have to make a hard call. And there will be a hard call, Mm. but to say, I trust you in that moment. Um, so man, that, that's so good. Um, two thoughts, um, some healthy rhythms that, um, have sustained you in the season. We'd love to hear about that. And then we'll just love to hear a challenge, speak it into the mic, speak it into our listeners, Mm. a challenge for this next season. So personally, what's been a rhythm, a a ritual, something that sustained your health. Yeah. So one of my 10 learnings is win the morning, concede the afternoon, fight the night. And so that's my, that's my daily. So when the morning, say that again, yeah. So through that. Yeah. So when the morning is for me, it's up early, 
I needed to be quiet. Uh, I need to be with Jesus and I need to sweat. And so I'm going to win the morning. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not resp- I'm not up answering uh, emails. I'm not responding to texts. No, I, that, that, that can happen after 9 a.m. Yeah. So I, I got to win the morning. Concede the afternoon is I go on a walk with my dog, Jack. And uh, so we hide. We get away into the woods. Awesome. And he needs an hour of exercise. He's a hunting dog. Mm-hmm. And and I need your hunt dog too. That's right, baby. Couple hunt dogs. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so it feels like conceding the afternoon, you know, because yeah. you know everything in our culture says there's no way we can leave the office at two o'clock. Well, I do. Yeah, every right. every day. Right. And who um, says? Who, who says? says so um, if it makes you better, do it. Yeah. And it makes me better. And so I get away, I concede the afternoon and I'm on an hour long walk. It's white space. I'm in the woods. That's where I hear from God. I'm with my dog. It's great. And then fight the night is uh, just being really careful at what my inputs are at yeah. night. Uh, that can be um, technological inputs. Yeah. That can be liquid inputs. Yeah. Um, careful with sugar, careful with, um, you know, I'm all about having a glass of wine, having some good beer. But, um, you know, I have a, a practical kind of three-by-three three rule of life when it comes to alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I want to make sure I'm really, really wise. We could talk about mm-hmm. that more later. But, um, yeah, I want to be really careful at night yeah. because my morning is dictated by how, I, right. how I did the night before. Your morning starts the it night does. before. Yeah, and that's certainly, you know, the, the Hebrew way. And, man, I found that to be so true. And so it a lot of times feels like a fight. Yeah. Um, whether that's staying up too late, whether that's taking in too much sugar, yep. whether that's you know just eating like crap, or whether yeah. that's binge watching something that isn't going to help me, mm-hmm. I need to I need to get away from the blue light. I need to read yep. things that are going to fill my soul. I need to be with my wife. I need to pray over my kids. It's good. Um, and so just that switch for me has been uh, really helpful to think that hey, tomorrow morning, like every night, six p.m., it's like hey, tomorrow morning, just started right now. Yeah. And so right. if if I want to be who God has called me to be, if I want to lead in a way that's kind of honor yeah. Him and really help people, it starts right now, and it feels like a fight. So I got to yeah. fight the night. So that's my that's my rhythm: win the morning, concede yeah. the afternoon, fight the night. Awesome. Yeah, I love it. Um, one one thought, one piece of advice: we continue to live in what started as a sprint and is now a marathon. Yeah. Things are hard. Things are complex. Yeah. All those things are true. Yeah. What's a, a life-giving piece of advice you're going to give to leaders in this time? Yeah, it's to find a way. You know, in, in a statement, I would say innovator disintegrate. Mm. And the best news is we have the greatest innovative spirit that lives within us. He is the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's right. And so um, you just got to find a way. And we can find a way. And you know, there's like my theme verse from the Old Testament of all of COVID is, you know, and the king says, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And the good news is the one that's breaking the trail for us, the ultimate mountain guide is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. He knows. Yeah. And um, the church is going to prevail. I don't know how exactly, but Jesus is leading it. And, and so we got to just, we got to have that kind of pioneering spirit mm-hmm. to say, we're not yeah. going back. If you're desiring to go back more than forward, that's a problem. We're going to go forward, and it's going to look different, but I think it's going to be better. Uh, There's going to be things that we grieve because we miss, and that's okay. 
Um, but there's also going to be things in the future we're going to celebrate and say, oh my goodness, it's amazing the trail that Jesus has been has been cutting for us. So good. Let's just leave it. Let's just leave it right there, man. So good. Um, guys, sometimes on the podcast, we get to let you into just a real conversation that broke out, no surprise, over tacos and good coffee <laughs> and continues here. You guys just get got the, the peak of it. But John Peacock, Mission Church, John Peacock Podcast. I love hanging out with you. I just want to honor what you're doing. I do believe you and your church are built for this moment and continue to push into that. Um, proud of you. Love calling you a friend. Keep up the good work, and I cannot wait to see what God does in you and through you in the next year, let alone the next 10, man, to be able to look back and say, let's do, you know, a year, two years, five years, just like can't wait to see what you guys are cutting tracks for there at Mission. Awesome. Thanks, bro. Cheers. Cheers. Well, hey, guys, thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the podcast. We want to continue to encourage you to take your next right step and ask yourself this question. What is your next right step? What is it going to take from you to get to where you are now to continue climbing up the mountain of health so that you can get to the mountain of impact? Because you've heard us say it before. If you're always chasing impact, you're going to find unhealth. And if you're always going and going and going, you will also find unhealth. There are times and seasons for pushing in and there's times and seasons where we need to pull back and rest and really make sure that we're caring for ourselves. If we really want to care for others, we want to lead others well. We want to do whatever it is that God's called us to do passionately. We have to make sure that we are in a position to engage that from a place of fullness and a place of delight, not out of duty and, and, and deficit. So we hope you found this episode encouraging. If you'd like to learn more about how you can take your next right steps, we offer a variety of coaching. As you have heard, we've recently expanded our coaching network. So for more information there, you can head over to stayforth.com forward slash coaching. You can also head over to stayforth.com forward slash network and check out our growing list of network coaches. We'll be adding to that regularly. And last but not least, we have a we have a wealth of tools and resources for you available at stayforth.com forward slash resources, all designed to help you take your next steps towards getting healthy so that you can reach more impact. Now is the time to take those steps. So do us a favor, leave us a rating and review, and we will see you right back here on the next episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. Focus so long.